0: Yeah, he, this code is now in session. His honor, Judge Pigmeat, Mark, and Yeah, he, yeah, he, the code of swing. It's just about ready to do that thing. I don't want no tears, I don't want no lies. but of all, I don't want no alibis. This judge is hip, and that ain't all. He'll give you time if you're big or small. Fall in line with this code is neat. Peace, brother. Here come that he is the judge. All right. Can we not start our podcast without discussing Aaron Judge? Firstly, by the way, a huge week, which we'll get into in a second. But come on, Aaron Judge. Second fastest to two hundred career home runs. He hit like three homers in less than twenty-four hours against the Royals. After, oh, by the way, winning Thursday night's game with a solo shot. I mean, here comes the judge. He's here. And you know what? His price tag continues to go up. And I've always said this. With that flick of the wrist, he can send a ball 12,000 miles. Grand slam. Whatever you need him to do, he's there. Walk off when you got him. And also, he was in the same uh, ranks as Mickey Mano with the pace of home runs he's hitting. I mean, um, Talking Yanks is saying he's on pace to hit 66 homers. By the way, if the Yanks do win today, Judge and the Yankees go to 70 wins at the end of July. I was hoping 70 and 25. Um, Obviously, my math was a off there, but I'll take 70 and 33 any day. I, I'm still worried about the Astros. Come on now. And for the Mets, of course, I'm still a little nervous about their chances in the postseason because it's, it's still shaky. You, you got to see DeGrom back. You got to see Scherzer do what he did against the Yankees. They swept the Yanks this week, by the way, in case you didn't know on Alex Garrett podcast. and they swept the Yanks this week. Pretty nuts. But yeah, I couldn't not start this without talking about Aaron Judge because instead of rise and shine, this city literally is all rise and shine in the Big Apple for Aaron Judge. It seems like his town at the moment, doesn't it. But personally, Personally, this has been a big month. Not only do we continue to talk about the ADA, and as I mentioned, it, it's an interesting topic because, as I, I keep saying, I none of us in the disabled community want to be defined by our disability. We want to be out there. However, having the disability rights is huge, and it's 32 years of the ADA. Uh, on, my, on the station I work at, I was blessed to be on the air a couple of times... This week, and uh, I'm going to start with what happened on Monday, filling in, or well, training to fill in uh, as a board op on the Joe Piscopo show. This happened. Joe on the radio. Alex Garrett is uh, sitting in and running the show like that. Alex, I, th- I appreciate Hey, Alex, you know, my, my young friend. Yes. Um, tell, so I saw you with a picture with George Steinbrenner and a, and a young Rudolph Giuliani. That was at a parade years ago, yes? And you were just a child, my friend. I was only eight years old at the time. <laughs> and <laughs> we have Lee Zeldin online. But, yes, I was only eight years old. And yeah. Mr. Steinbrenner from August 2000 until really 2009 when he started to decline. Yeah. Always had me up in the suite with him. And Rudy also was just... The nicest guy. And it was just, it was a special era of that. And so thanks for pointing that out today. Yeah. Well, you're a special guy. You're a special guy, Alex. And we love you. And then on Friday, and thank you, Joe Piscopo, for mentioning that relationship. But it went beyond that because on Thursday night, he went to that Yankee game where Aaron Judge walked off against the Royals and um, ran to another mutual friend, Ray Negron. And then in the link below, I don't have, I don't want to, I don't have a lot of real estate to cover it here, but. In the link below in the description, 6 a.m. hour, on Friday, you hear the conversation about the full context of my connection with George Steinbrenner and the relationship that um, my dad and I and him had built over 10 years or so, and it was very special. So thanks to Joe for not only, and Al, and Jerry Crowley, and Matt and for trusting me to be back on the board for Piscopo, and also for mentioning that story, Joe. Thank you so much. And then it continued. On Tuesday was the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And sometimes you might hear me on Invite Health Radio. uh, Dr. Amanda Williams likes to say I quote-unquote drive the ship. But this conversation, this was one of the most nervous times on radio. Because I really wanted to honor Dr. Henry Viscardi, the really the godfather of the ADA. The man behind the Viscardi Center who was given many many kids a chance to thrive and then some as as adults and so this was a very interesting ada anniversary i've never been on the air on radio on 970 the answer but here we are take a listen so i think that you know maybe if you let people know kind of what you've dealt with through the years and even with your your schooling which is really um so incredible with uh the founder of the, the school. The Henry Viscardi School, yes. And Yeah, um, so if you could tell me a, a bit about that, that'd be great. Well, since you only hear the voices, you may not know, but I do roll right around New York on one leg. But that, again, does not define who I am because I just try and go beyond that, if you will. And um, a, a lot of people in my community do that. I know the disabled community does not want to be defined by it, right? And that's a right. big thing. But... The ADA has played such a big role the last 32 years. And, of course, every year we're reminded that it could be even better. And so I know that, you know, Broadway and other, you know, baseball stadiums are all doing what they can to make it accessible for people with disabilities. But, I mean, we can both agree we have a long way to go. And you mentioned the school. The Henry Viscardi School um, was founded by someone who actually had twisted limbs when he was growing up. And he got his own prosthetics, Dr. Henry Viscardi. And not only that, he started a resource center at the time. It was called Abilities Human Resources. And his name is Dr. Viscardi. And he created this thing for veterans coming back from the war in 1952. And so they get job placement as a disabled veteran. And I think that was such a big role. And then it expanded to kids. And now kids with disabilities in Long Island, in Albertson, Long Island, uh, get to become... Um, someone of their own right through that school, through the teaching, through the care and assistance and everybody at the Henry Viscardi School. So I cannot go uh, today without mentioning them. And by the way, uh, Dr. Williams, it's the first time I've been on the air. So thank you for giving me this platform on ADA Day. And as I've said off air, like this, this fight is, is very important to me now. Having been around the disabled community my whole life, it's like, wow, you realize there's a lot more to do. And thanks for shining a light today on this. So there you go. There you go. 88A, George Steinbrenner, uh, and then last night. And then last night at Staten Island, the team I've been wanting to call games for for a while, to be honest with you, uh, Eric Shuffler, the baseball ops manager of the Ferry Hawks, of course, owned by WABC owner John Matitas, who I get to work with, as you've heard before, on Cats Roundtable. And here's the situation. Um, It was a WABC night. It was NYPD night with Staten Island and the Ferry Hawks last night. And it was fireworks night. But this happened. And as I mentioned, I've been wanting to do the games for a while. And all of a sudden, Eric Shuffle was like, oh, do you want to do a couple innings? And I said, sure. Well, what it led to, I'll give you a little snippet, was... This is a presentation of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks Baseball Network. We welcome you back to Community Park. 2-1 score. Barnstormer is leading the Ferry Hawks here in the middle game of the three-game set. As Matt Salter delivers his second pitch home, and it's tap fouling into the screen down the left field line. Counts one and one. Here in the top half of the fifth. We are joined by Alex Garrett, engineer at WABC 770. Welcome to the broadcast booth. Uh, thank you so much for having me tonight. And it's a beautiful night for a game. Obviously, WABC night. And uh, full disclosure, I work uh, as well as a 970, the answer. I want to get both, both a plug there. Shameless you know? plug. So. Take advantage of the airwaves. There you go. But uh, I know that this is sort of the first year doing the Ferry Hawks. How's it been so far this year? Pitch Holmes outside, 2-2. Two and two. Well, they say scores are arbitrary in this business right mm-hmm. but obviously the Ferry hawks had a, a difficult first half of the season 18 and 47 that's was 10th out of the 10 teams second half of the season though feels like playoff baseball two twos up and away i've been following the ter- uh, the turnaround on uh, social media i think the Ferryhawks hawks are doing an incredible job with that i mean every night uh you see a highlight or two and it's like well they're making a comeback here and it feels good to have baseball back in staten island you know because we all kind of grew up with the yankees and now there's baseball this beautiful ballpark again. Isn't that great? Uh- the conversation went on for two innings. I mean, uh, Johnny Wincott is the broadcaster there, and he was like, ah, oh, you want to keep coming on it? You want to keep going? You know, these innings are one, two, three. Literally, one, two, three innings. And I said, sure. So I did about two innings. There goes my crutch. <laughs> um, but I did a couple innings, and uh, that was fun. And uh, they said they want to do it again, so we'll see. But uh, whenever there's a week like this, there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. Something's in the water. I don't, I'm not sure what, but something's there. Secondly, I'm very grateful. Firstly, I'm very grateful for all these opportunities, these chances, these really comeback moments um, to do these different things and the people making those things possible. And thirdly, I'm just thankful I'm just a kid on the rollerblade, rolling around New York City, backpacking it one day at a time because I don't care about first class. I, and my mom and my dad and, and Vic, they all taught me to be grounded, a grounded individual. And let me tell you, whenever you're on the air, sometimes you think things. But for me, being back on my Rollblade, commuting on the subway, backpacking it, that just is great. But I did a lot of introspection as, as all of this is going on. And this is where I'm going to be a little more vulnerable and open, Okay. Um, In relationships, I'm not always the best, and I, I really do feel like I can change that, Um, and I want to change that. Because I look at eight years ago with Humans of New York, and while all this stuff is happening and all these things, I, I still care about the interpersonal connections. And to be honest, I don't feel I've done as good a job or as, as well as I could have to maintain some of my closest interpersonal connections connections and friendships and I want to do better and I'm going to commit myself to do better I want to listen to people more Um, I want to literally uh, shut my mouth sometimes just hear the other person out and not be as defensive and I think as we close July um, the adaptability fight never ends the fight to bring on adaptive the goal to bring on adaptive voices never ends but I have to adapt myself and yes, supporting Trump did do a lot of damage to To what that moment on Humans of New York meant, I feel. And I don't regret that. I just... I need to figure out myself again. And maybe this is the summer of my own reclamation. Maybe it's a time I just settle down, calm down, and just be. Because sometimes... I don't always feel my best self. And I don't always feel like I can listen to people. I don't always feel like I can. Um, fully emotional. Be there for people. Because I'm always on the go. Garrett on the go. But. What the last few months has done. Is humble me big time. And. I'm grateful that those. Who stick around continue to. And I miss those who haven't. Maybe they'll come back around again. I don't know. But ultimately, it was a wake up call to work on myself. And not presume health is gonna be the best every day. And not presume that health will just resolve itself. And not presume that um health is always there. You know, you take when things are going good, you take health for granted. But no more. That is one of the big goals I'm working on this summer. And so I appreciate all of these things going on right now. And I just say. To those I've kind of. um, I wouldn't say stepped on. But those I've. Not. Done well by. I'm sorry. And I'll work better on that. As we hit August. A new month. I love when Mondays. Are the first day of the month. I think that's a very special thing. And thanks for letting me be vulnerable there for a minute. But onward and upward. Thanks again to Joe Piscopo. Thanks to Amanda Williams, Invite Health, Mary Papayo, Al, Jerry, Matt Sambolin, John Matidis. Frank Morano, Curtis, nine years ago. And there's still a lot more to go. We'll keep you posted here on the Alex Scarab Podcast. Thanks for listening.